Greetings, everyone. This is Vernon English, aka V, once again. And uh, today is a special day because I already finished my first book as far as the audiobook for it a while ago. But then I had the liberty of updating you guys again with a little bit more clarity than I had the last time, just in part because. I wanted it to be more sound or at least to repeat a little bit as to why I chose the subject matter, the characters, the development. And it's a cool thing because I'm writing my fourth book right now and, and it comes with some mindfulness and not self-isolation, but a sense of retrospection as to what it is that I'm witnessing. And with that, witnessing certain things or even scenes or with one what considers life it's a fun interpretation to change that and then develop it into your own story now what i mean by that and this is no shots fired to how other writers get their own inspiration i just find it as in something that i borrow or a piece of something since everything is so intricately infinitely intricate i like the way certain things happen where I can go through and then see it and then develop my own character from it or my own interpretation from something versus me just giving an account of what I've seen in real life. Basically, the nonfiction part of it, and, and I love this, or even fiction part of it, kind of correlates into both parts of life when I'm developing my fantasy or science fiction stories. So I also wanted this of to be of note, as in when I go into the second book, how I did so. And a quick backstory was that I was in Venice at the time, and I wanted to experience something. Now, back in 2015, 2016, there was so much going on, but ideally, as a writer sitting at wherever I was in life, and I won't go into too many details, there was only so much that I could branch out and do, and so many people that I could reach just from the internet or sitting where I was. And something in me told me that I needed to not only move, but to challenge myself, because apparently I was so comfortable and being comfortable not quote-unquote sitting on someone's couch pretending like I wanted to do something that they wanted to do, it had to change for myself. And why I'm mentioning this is for any artist or for anyone doing something, they just basically have to see themselves doing it first. And I'm concerned with what one, someone else thinks of your work the right people will go and they will flock to it. Um, that's the reason why I created this podcast is because I knew someone somewhere would like a story or if they were an adult or if they were a kid. I mean, besides the subject matter, it still would correlate as to someone having an idea or something that they would want in life as far as a story if it's a lesson, regardless of what they wanted. And, and that's why I, I create so much. So back to the story, I got there in Venice 
and I started working and doing things. But my overall theme, the overall thing that I wanted for myself, and this was my own personal goal, I kid you not, no one else was, I told no one else about it. I probably like keyed in two to three people that I was working on something, but I wanted to develop my story. And that's where this comes from. It's called The Seeds of the Time Before Time. Now, I know nothing about nothing about nothing about nothing about nothing as far as how things work in life, how people interact with one another. I am simply an observer when it comes to certain things because I am an odd man to begin with. As I say, I'm an artist, and that is no excuse for bad behavior or weird and abstract thinking just to be weird and abstract or just to say that I was thinking. The real terms and the things that I like about how the story came about was because of the conversations that I was having. And that is ideally what I have all the time. And it's not a usual conversation of, hey, how's the weather? Or, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. It's more or less, well, what's going on in life? And do you think of this as an opinion? And it's not an Instagram or Facebook like it's a interpretive opinion about something that they have and the reasoning behind certain opinions. And from there, I revere these things because it always comes back full circle when I want to come back to my subject or the matter, <laughs> if that makes sense. So basically, layman's terms, I like conversations because I can go back and catalog them and pick and peruse what it is that I like about them and the things that I can neglect from it, I can also warp and change into something else in a later story. Better. Okay. Still following. Alright, alright. So... With these conversations, I do not give details, I don't give accounts, and I also don't give basically the same subject matter as to why I chose it. And it comes off as completely science fiction, and I love that because I wanted it to be completely science fiction in every aspect of the word. If one was to think of a cat-headed goddess sitting on a floating island, and someone else trying to find their daughter because they lost their memories and then then one could interpret it as their own type of story and for me the second book was the gaining the traction and, and I said this before at the end of the second book as I recorded it and I was developing a voice and developing something that I wanted to say to someone and when I did this out on the beach, it was fun. It was crazy. The conversations, but the, the things that came out from my mind and me basically not having a finding self moment, but knowing myself and what it is that I had as a subject matter and the power of what I wanted to bring as an artist. It was this self-realization of artistry that I can honestly truly say that I became this back in 20, what, 20, 2016, 2017, 
And from there, everything kind of branched out from that. So the stories developed more, they got more complex, they developed from the first book, and then I looked at the first book again, then to develop these stories that much more better. And to make them airtight so that if someone was to ask me what it was that I was writing, I'll be like, okay, well, this character did this, and this character did that, and this is the setting. And it sounds simple, but one could know as even an artist or a writer how infinitely complex something can be. You can start with something, you can start developing something, and it could go teetotally way left just from an afternoon thought because, because of how complex something can be. Now, when I mean this, I can give an account of me looking at stories or me looking at a character and then developing a backstory for it. And this is a real example of how complex something can be. And so I would create a character and then think about what it was that they would be doing or their plight or their exposition or where they came from. And I could go on and 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 on, infinitely, infinitely, infinitely describing this character, describing their shoes, describing their face, describing the outfit that they have, and then completely, totally miss the point into what I was initially bringing the character up in the first place for. So what I had to do, and this is a testament as to a goal and how dedicated I was to it. And this is no patting myself on the back. This is me primarily telling myself and someone else that they can do this too. If I was basically on the beach every day and was focusing on what it was that I needed to do as a goal and I didn't even know that goal, I just thought I wanted to finish a book and I did. And if I can do that, other people can do so much more and I was writing on my phone and I like how my stories come around full circle with me doing so because I had the crazy subject matter like I said well something would be normal or something would look normal and my imagination would be totally in some place crazy different like it would not be something that even someone tripping on acid could say that they had experience because it was just that abstract. And I wanted that to be a part of my book because the expectations of things that are normal are purveying on my view every day as far as the clothes we wear, the expectations, social expectations. Um, it, it, it's vexing and confusing but all the more amusing at the same time because it's changing it's a quality that comes very uh, precariously so what i mean and where i'm getting at is that this story which is called untitled and i never gave it a title and it's in the second book and i started it in the second preview and so that's what i'm reading right now which is the first book but you have a preview of the second book at the end of it and I have that quality of doing so in the second book and the third book I believe I did so as well so what was happening was that 
I was happening these awesome adventures and then I would have an awesome adventure in my imagination of what it was I wanted to bring to the book. If someone expected something from my storytelling, it would inevitably something or be or become something that was the complete and total opposite. And that is what I wanted my staple of my book series to be about was and people have expectations and we become adults and we get into our routines in our mind, but life is everything but the antithesis of that. And so even as a story, I mean, if it's a good story, you can't really deny the quality of this. But as far as expecting something to be a mystery or expecting something to be a drama or expecting it to be an action quality was something I wanted to play interchangeably with. And so this is the prime example of that with the first installment of the second book, which was called Untitled. And it basically developed from this imagination that I had from the first book. And so I just split it in two because I had, it was so much, I had to finish the first book before I could split it into the second. And so you could honestly say that a part of the second book is a part of the first book. And so, and what I wanted to describe was this character and they were on a floating island. And so when initially I tell people things, I'm telling them like, oh, okay. Well, it's a place of mass amnesia, mass Alzheimer's. And so it's a floating island people on the tallest of trees, people at the bottom of the ocean type of mentality. And so it goes on from there. And then I decided to have a character that was on the floating island to begin. And then someone there would discover this particular character and leave it wrapped in mystery and leave it wrapped as to the, how the interaction was would be something of a dream-esque type of quality and I like that because the weirdest of characters I find come from dreams or come from something that is unexpected and then become something quite unexpected again and it became this cat-headed goddess that I had in my mind at the time this character that I developed was ambiguously at this place one could even go on and to say that the true scenario of what is happening is that this woman is a refugee. Uh, she forgets her memories and then her and the refugees uh, leave this valley. And so they don't know where they're going particularly, but even how I crafted it in my mind as I was writing this was that they were going to go into this floating island. And so they do. And they find these beings who have wings and ironically have this armor on and they get teleported to the island. And so they get there to the island, they're freaked out. Uh, they have these instances of communication or lack thereof. And uh, it becomes this mystery as to how and what happens. And the, I won't ruin as far as the total plight of this story as far as the floating islands, but so basically this woman and many other different characters that I will develop 
have this quality of getting to the island and they already have their memories lost. But then two, when they get there, then they lose one another. And so then they have to go through the qualities of going through this floating island and their own memories and remembering what's going on. And so this particular woman in this installment that I'll explain has lost her mate or her boyfriend, husband, and I never really give him a title, but it was her life partner perhaps. And so when she gets to the island, she's basically not concerned with what one the others have as their point of interest. She, her first mission is to find her family or whoever it was that she calls her mate. And then she remembers that she has a young one as well. And so she leaves this young one with someone that she could trust and knows that it will be right around the corner as she goes and investigates the rest of the island. There's a language barrier that happens, but it's ultimately smashed by communicating without words. And that's what happens when she walks in this room and it be instantly becomes a dream because the things and qualities that what one would consider in our world are completely, completely askew. Gravity, communicating without words, and then this cat had a goddess that sits upon this seat. I have other characters there too, but I just wanted this to be of note as to why I named it the cat-headed goddess. Because there's certain things and qualities as characters that you have. I just wanted this to be of note as her stature and the overall, not oligarchy, but the general makeup of the structure of the floating island. And so when I was mentioning earlier of how I structured a story or explaining a setting or a character, uh, the colors and things like this this one in particular was all leading up to what i wanted to say about this story but then how i wanted to bring in the other stories too so that there would be an instance of me mentioning something and then another instance of me mentioning something and then there would be an introduction of that character and so on and so forth so yes this cat-headed goddess was obviously indicative of history but I wanted it to be paramount that what they communicated was not normal, not a normal conversation. Even her giving her advice at the end, and I will say, where is this? Yes, it says here in Untitled, Spoken through minds, you need not utter dated language. The cat-headed queen spied through lazy eyes, but she could see her anguish, torment to detective her existence. Debated a xenoclick the meaning of value, argued, then bowed to more combat. Guards marveled at their power. Compromise did not equal loss. Understanding became the clay for foundation to love to make. No schedule to start pleasure. There was nothing to take from one another but knowledge. The universal handshake and parlay to creation. Pointed down a path, never walking, you run to fate. And so... Basically, this is a part of the whole entire scenario of what I just said. And this woman asked the cat-headed queen what would be, I guess, without words, where her family is, what happened to her. She just goes 
asking all 11 million different questions at once, all at once. And then the cat-headed queen, to her dismay, only has an answer for her to say, everything will be answered at the right time. And she's basically on the right path as to asking the right person or the right persons to figure out what's going on and to even have that sense of zeal or to have that sense of conviction is something that she should keep and hold on to so that it would bring her to the things that she loves which is ultimately her partner and her family and her young one and so that's just another explanation of untitled i really went in as far as the wording and xeno clicks which is a form of time and basically it was even going into describing these things on the island and I wanted it to be of a cadence to it and um, I'll read it here where it says spoken through minds where that was the form of nonverbal body communication of what they had and also to be of note the laser stabbed through the femulous hand which brought her before the queen who bore the head of a cat adorned with jewels the color Jupiter I wanted this to be of note as well because the way they dematerialized or materialized was very Star Trek-esque and it was something from their hand and symbols and things like this. And then it was just a comment of how nerdy that I wanted to put in here but left certain things of note to be perused on later. And so someone who is classically trained in a book or even reading books could go through and, and look through the words that I chose, but it's not so much thesaurus-like. It's more of how I wanted it to develop and, and how I wanted it to come off of in the mind. So once again, this is Vernon, AKA V. Thank you so much for listening. And I will have more content. You hit the subscribe button or even just listen and then I'll have more. So once again, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.